Well, welcome again to Power Church service. We pray that it has been a blessing up until this moment, that you will continue to be uh, blessed in this service today. As I share the Word of God, open up your heart, open, open up your mind, open up your Bible, and let's get ready to, to hear the Word of God this morning. I know you're going to be blessed. Why don't you send us your prayer request, send us a comment at the end of the message. I'm going to be praying for those that send in their prayer requests. Why don't you send us a comment, send us an amen when we say something that you, you uh, connect with. Say, say an, a big amen right there where you are. Also, if you want to be so kind as to share the, the stream so that others can uh, be able to connect with us this morning, we know that what we have, we know that what we're presenting, the anointing is on it, the presence of God is on it, it is, it is, it is needed and, and uh, we just would ask that you would you know, let your friends know about it, share it so that others can, can get in on what God is doing today in this place, amen? Let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Revelation, chapter 2. Revelation, chapter 2, and we're going to read from verse 1 all the way through to verse uh, 5. Revelation, chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 5. And we're going to read it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, believing that today you will be blessed by God's Word. Let's, let's read it in the name of the Lord. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. And you have found them to be liars. And you have persevered and have patience and labored for my name's sake. And you have not become weary. Now look at what verse 4 says. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you Repent. Verse 4, I want to read that, that verse again. And uh, let that, that, the words of Jesus speak to us this morning and, and, and challenge us today. The Lord says to the church of Ephesus, and He says to us today, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. I have this against you, you have left your first love. And interesting passage of scripture, Jesus speaking to the church of Ephesus, and really it's a, it's, a, it's a passage where Jesus is telling the church to evaluate, evaluate where they are, evaluate where their priorities lie. It's, it's speaking loudly and clearly with regards to evaluating where they were as a church and where God wanted them to be. And I think today we're living in a time with what is going on in the world and what is going on also in the church. The church is not exempt from what's going on in the world. I think it is a, it is an, 
an amazing opportunity for us to settle down and evaluate. Evaluate where we stand with God. Evaluate the why we do what we do. Evaluate our motives. Evaluate our Christianity. Evaluate church life. I think it's, 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 a, it's a crucial time for us to uh, assess things, align things, adjust things, things that need to be adjusted, that we adjust them, things that need to be aligned, that we realign things. It's a wonderful opportunity for us to, to evaluate. Like what the, what the Lord Jesus was through the Apostle John writing here to the church of Ephesus. Incidentally, the church of Ephesus was a church that was planted by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, you can read in Acts chapter 18 and Acts chapter 19, he planted this church in Ephesus. It was, it was an amazing church plant. It, it, it was birthed with, with ex, an explosive growth, miracles. You can read it there in chapter 18, chapter 19. Souls getting saved. Bodies were being healed. Extraordinary miracles were happening in, in the city of Ephesus. There was opposition like there always will be. But, but the Bible says, and the word of the Lord grew mightily day by day. In one occasion there, you can read it in Acts chapter 19. Such was the, 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 the move of the Spirit. Such was the revival, the, 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 the power of God among the people that the, the magicians and the sorcerers they, that, were, that were converting to Christ, they brought all their literature, all the books that they would use for sorcery, for the art that they were involved in. And they, they brought it all to the public square, to the public plaza in the center of the city, and they did a huge bonfire, <laughs> you know, testifying to everyone, we are now followers of Christ. It, 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 the title of, of the amount that was, the, the money value of all the literature and all the books amounted to a, a pretty significant amount as they burnt all that magic art and magic literature, sorcery. Amazing, amazing. Can you imagine that happening today in, in, in the mall of the city of Brisbane? You know, people converting and magicians converting, those involved in sorcery converting. And then they, they bring all their books and all their literature and they do a huge bonfire in front of everyone. Amazing. There was an amazing revival, an amazing move of God. This is how the church of Ephesus was planted. Explosive growth. A mighty move and, and mighty manifestations of God's power. Then uh, the apostle Paul wrote a letter to the, the church of Ephesus, to the Ephesians church. And it was, it was an amazing letter talking about uh, doctrine, teaching on doctrine, uh, teaching on the grace of God, teaching uh, the church of Ephesus about marriage. There's, there's, a, there's a chapter there where the Apostle Paul talks about marriage, how the husband and the wife were to treat each other. It talks about uh, uh, redemption through Christ, and it talks about grace, the grace of God by faith. It talks about spiritual warfare. Ephesians chapter 6 talks about the, the armor of God and this warfare that we, that we have against the evil one, against the devil, and how we are to fight this fight and how we are to uh, 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 you know, come against 
the wiles of the enemy and the strategies of the enemy. It's an amazing letter. This church was a, was a well-founded church, a strong church. It was a mature church, a church in, in, in sound doctrine. And this is the church that Jesus writes to in the book of Revelations chapter 2. Remember, he writes a letter to seven churches. And the first church is this church, the church of Ephesus. As I said, a powerful, well-founded church founded by the mighty apostle Paul. But yet, in this letter, uh, the, the, the letter, it starts out with Jesus giving this church the thumbs up. You can read there about nine or ten great qualities of this church. This church would be a church that any pastor would want to be a pastor of. Any, any, any man or woman that's in the ministry would love to uh, pastor this church. It's a great church. It says there, you know, you, you, you have been patient. You uh, have labored. It said you know, you know how to discern between false apostles and true apostles. So they knew the word. They knew how to discern what was right and what was wrong. It says there, you, you do not put up with those that are evil. I mean, this, this is a church that didn't put up with, with silly things, with rubbish, with evil, with sin. And you're a patient church. It says you, you have not become weary. So, I mean, the thumbs up, great church, excellent church. But then the, the chapter goes, takes a turn into verse 4. And it's like, you know, Jesus goes from thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, excellent, you're doing well, great qualities, positive attributes to, to a, a confrontation, to a, a challenging statement. He says to the church of Ephesus, nevertheless, but, it's like, you've got all these qualities, I, I, I admire you for that, that's, that's great qualities, excellent, you know, I, I, thumbs up to you, and, but then, but, there's something that, that I have against you. Now, when Jesus says to us or to anyone, I have something against you, we better, we better lift up our, uh, our ears and we better pay attention. We better open up our, our ears and, and listen what is coming next because I've got something against you. What is it? I, we want to please the Lord. We want to we do that which is right. And, and if the Lord says, I've got something against you, well, then what is it, Lord? I'm here. I'm listening. He says, I've got something against you, Church of Ephesus. Well-founded church, mature church, strong church. I've got something against you. What is it? And he says, you have left your first love. You have left your first love. Wow. Then he says, remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the first works. I I have something against you. You have left your first love. Love. Notice that it doesn't say you have lost your first love. It says you have left your first love. What a challenging statement by the Lord Jesus Christ. It's almost as if the church of Ephesus was, was, being, was being challenged by God to, to look into their heart and to evaluate where their, their love stood for Jesus. Amen. It's like, you know, there's many writers that have said that this verse has to do with you know, that Jesus was saying, you have left your first love for one another. I don't know if that's right. It could have a meaning, but I don't think that's what the, 
that the, the, the thrust of the message of Jesus is. I, I think that when he says you have left your first love, I, I think that he's saying you have left your first love for me. You see, the, 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 the reason behind why you do what you do, it's like, you know, yes, you've got all these qualities, but are you doing them because it's the right thing to do or because you have to do it? Or is it because you are in love with me? See, sometimes we can, Christianity, our Christian life can be one that, that we easily can fall into a tradition. We can easily fall into, into a religious walk with God. It's like, you know, oh, we are ticking the box. And it's like this church was just ticking the box. Patient. We know how to discern between false apostles and true apostles. It's like they're ticking the box. But but outside of a passionate love for Jesus. See, Jesus, our Father in heaven, He's not so much interested in what we do for Him as opposed to why we do what we do for Him. The, 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 the motive, the, 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 the reason, what drives us. Have we just become a, a, a traditional church? Have we, are we just doing the rounds? Are we, are we just ticking the box? Or do we love Jesus? Do we love Jesus? Are we, are, are we passionate about Jesus? And everything that I do for God, it, 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 it flows out of a heart of passionate love for Jesus. If it does not flow out of a heart of, of passionate love for Jesus, well, then Jesus says, look, that's fine. I, 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 I do. I respect what you do. I can see what you do. But, but I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't really... I don't really receive it because I don't want anything to be done outside of love for me and outside of relationship. Outside of relationship. You have left your first love. See, if we're not careful even to today, there's, there's a challenge for the church today. There's a challenge for us. Uh, you know, Thursday morning I woke up. And, and, and I was lying in my bed and I was just praying and I was meditating on the Lord and I was meditating on His Word and I was, and I was uh, getting ready to go and do my, my weekly recording for, for the Faith Builder program that I do. And, and as I was lying in bed and praying and, and going over the Scriptures, going over the Word, the Lord brought this passage to me. And, it, and when, I, when, I, when I heard it in my spirit, these words, nevertheless, I've got something against you. You've left your first love. I just felt like the Lord... You know, highlighted in my spirit that that's what's going on today. They, 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 it's the Lord bring, bringing the church back to love for Him, to, to passion, passionate love for Him, love Him more than the things, to, 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 to evaluate our love. Do, do we love Him? Do we love the giver more than the gifts? See, if we're not careful, we love the things more than the, the one that gives us the things. You know, the, 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 there are people that, you know, we, we've left the building. The church has left the building. We've left the organization of things. We've left the, the Sunday morning gathering. And there are many that are lamenting and they are crying because there's a sense of, I can't wait to go back to my building. I want, I want to go back into my building. Is there a love for the building more than the love for God? There are some that are saying, I can't wait to go back to church because I, I can't wait to, to uh, hear live praise and worship. I just can't wait to hear live praise and worship. Is that, is that 
is that the is that why we want to is that why we want to go back? Is that is that what's driving us to go back now? Again, there's nothing wrong with all those things. I love it. We, I want it. I love to I love to gather. But but is is that the reason, or, or is it because we love Jesus? Oh, I can't wait to go back because I miss the fellowship. I want a fellowship. And I, again, I get it. I get it. I get the fellowship. But is that why we want to go back? Will, will it be church? And, 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 I, and I speak from my heart. Will it be that we go back to the building? We go back to the organization of things and it will be business as usual? Will it be business as usual? Will we go back to just ticking the box? Will we go back to just ticking the traditional gathering? But we go back to the square and the box of, of, of mundane, traditional activity, traditional services where everything is, is, is you know, uh, there's an agenda and we've got it all worked out and we've got it all programmed and, and it's, 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 everything is, is, is uh, polished. And is, is that, is it, will it be business as usual? This is the time for the church to evaluate our love for Jesus. Our love for Jesus. Why, why do I read the Bible? Why do I go to church? Why am I in the ministry? Why do I preach? Why do I play in a band? Why, why do I pastor? Why, why do we have this building? Why? 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 It's a time to evaluate. And, if, and, and, and if in the bottom of our heart, we can't say, we cannot say, because I, I love Jesus. Well, then this is a time to come back to our first love. I, I really believe as, 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 a, as a pastor and as, as, as a man that studies God's word and, 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 and gets before God, I truly believe that this, what is going on right now, it's not by coincidence. I think there is, there is a lot that's going on in the spirit, in the spirit world. I think God is doing a work in his church that is causing the church to evaluate our, our love for Jesus the why we do what we do. You've left your first love, Jesus said to the Ephesians church. You've left your first love. It, it, it's become more about performance than my presence. It's become about performance than his presence. If we're not careful, we, 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 we run the risk of, of church being all about performance more than his presence. If we're not careful, we become so busy with our Christian life, so busy with church life that we lose the power. If we're not careful, we, get, we, we, we are so involved in the activity of Christianity, in the activity of church, in the activity of, of, of the faith life, in the activity of ministry that we lose the anointing. Do you remember on one occasion, Jesus walked into the, into the temple and he observed and he looked around at everything that was going on in the, in the temple. They were, they were buying and selling and, and they were distributing. And, they, and there was a lot of noise and there was a lot of animals in the, in the temple. And when Jesus walked in, the Bible says, and he observed everything they were doing. He observed what was going on. And he cried out, my house shall be called a house of prayer you've made it into a den of thieves and 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 as immediately when he said that the anointing came into the building see there was much activity there was much activity there was much religious activity there was much going on in the temple but none of it was anointing 
So Jesus need to, needed to bring a stern message of, 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 of correction and also for the religious and the people in the temple to evaluate. You've made it into just another place, another gathering, much activity. We get caught up in doing so much for God that sometimes we forget to have a relationship with God. We get so busy, busy, busy doing things for God that we neglect our relationship with God. You know, in, in, in Revelation chapter 3, Jesus uh, talking to the church of Laodicea, it also gives us a, a little powerful thought there where, where it, it, it's quite uh, a challenge to understand that Jesus was outside the church of Laodicea. It says there, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will dine with him and he with me. Now, think about that. Jesus is outside the church. He's outside his church and he's knocking. Now, that, right there, there's a problem. Jesus outside his church and he's knocking. And then he says, if anyone hears my voice, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door. In other words, we've got a few things going on there. Jesus is outside the church. He's knocking. They, they cannot hear his knock and they cannot hear his voice. My question is, why can they, can they not hear his voice? Why can they not hear the knock? Because there's so much noise on the inside. There's so much activity the busyness of church, the busyness, the religious side. So much going on that they could not hear the voice of Jesus outside and the knock of Jesus outside saying, let me into my church. Now there's a problem already when Jesus is outside. How can he be outside? It's like we don't need you. We can do this. We can do church. We can do church without Jesus. It's Christianity without Christ. And these are the things that we have to evaluate. Jesus must come in, must be the center of our worship, the center of our praise, the center of the church. Jesus is the Lord of the church. Jesus is king. Jesus is our everything. Jesus should be our preaching. Jesus should be our worship. Jesus should be our everything. Oh, we welcome you, Jesus, by the Holy Spirit to come in. We love you. We love you, Jesus. And that's the, 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 the challenge of Jesus. I get it. I get it. I get what you're doing. I observe your, your, your ministries. I observe your, your, you know, your buildings and your churches and your music and your preaching. And I, yes, you do Bible studies and prayer meetings, connect groups, and all these things that are so good. They're great. That's what the church is, is on this earth for. I get it, says the Lord. And I think it's, it's not a bad thing. It's good. Well done. You're reaching out. You're on television. You're preaching the gospel on the internet. There are books and, 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 and so on and so on. But the, the challenge is, I have something against you. You've left your first love. Why are you doing what you do? Let me in. Let me have my way. Let me be the center of everything that you do. Let me be your focus. And so that's the challenge of Jesus to the church at Ephesus. You've left your first love. You've left that first passion. 
You've left that first enthusiasm. You, you, you've, you've gone from that, that, that intimacy and that, and that pursuit of me. And Christianity has just become a religious activity, ticking the box. It's like I have to go to church. I have to read the Bible. Oh, I have to give. Oh, I better give because it says it in the Word. I better do it. No, God doesn't want that. It's I want to. I can't wait to. I, I desire to. I love Him so much that I just want to do everything that I need to do to please Him because I love Him. So Jesus says to the church, you've left your first love. And then He, he tells them what to do in verse 5. And this is what we need to do because we need to evaluate. We need to assess my, our love. For Jesus, our love for His Word, our love for the Holy Spirit. Remember, He says, therefore, from where you have fallen. Remember, remember, think about from where you have fallen. Think about where, where, where it went from, from presence to performance. Think about when it all changed from relationship to religion. Think about when it went from passion to apathy. Think about where, 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 where it all, it just became a thing to do. Think about when, when, when uh, the church, God, Jesus, His Word. Think about when it became something that you just sort of like put up with. And like, I, 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 you know, I want to go to heaven, so I just better put up with this Christianity. Think, think about, remember from where you have fallen. Remember when it, when it just became tradition, when it just became a thing to do. And we lost the joy. We lost the, the, the purpose. We lost the enthusiasm. We lost the, 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 the energy for the things of God. Remember from where you have fallen. Remember. Remember. Do the first works. Repent. Repent. You know, I, I, like to, I liken this to, uh, if you think about this first love, you know, a husband and a wife, you know, when they when they were going out, when they were dating, and they were so in love with each other, and, and, and they, you know, they couldn't get off the phone while talking to each other, and they couldn't wait to see each other, and, and, and they couldn't, they, they just wanted to be around each other. You know, I, I remember when I was going out with my wife, you know, that, that when we were dating, I would drop her off at home after we'd gone out together for a meal, and then as soon as I got home, we would call each other. We had just been with each other 10 minutes before, but now we're calling each other and talk for hours on, on end because we're just in love. Then you get married and you're in love, you know, that honeymoon, and, and you just can't wait to see each other. You just can't wait to spend time with each other. You, you, you just love this relationship. You just, you're just passionately in love with each other. You know, the, 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 if we look at a traditional marriage, the man goes to work and, and he's working and he's bringing home the, 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 the paycheck and he brings it home and he, he's, he, he says, you know, let's just buy whatever is needed. The wife, if we talk about a wife that, that is, is at home, she's making sure the house is perfect. She's making sure the best meals are being cooked for her, for her husband. And it's all coming as a result of the love that they have for each other. He can't wait to get home because he wants to see her. She can't wait for him to come home because she wants to see him. They, they just can't wait to be around each other. They don't, they don't need all the money. They don't need the greatest house. They don't need the greatest car. They just they have each other. They're just in love with each other. Now let's, let's fast forward 20 years later. 25 years later. 
many marriages, 25 years later. The husband's still going to work. The wife's still being an amazing wife. She's still, you know, doing what she has to do as, as a wife, preparing awesome meals for her husband. He's still going to work, bringing home the paycheck and saying to his wife, buy whatever you need. And she's still making sure everything is perfect at home. And, and, but but there, there, there's, there's one thing that's different. Now they're doing it because they have to, because I'm married, not because I'm in love. Or not because I want to, because it's the thing to do. I go to work, I provide for my home because I have to. That's what a father does. That's what a husband does. She, she makes sure the house is picture perfect and she cooks him the, the meals because that's what I, I do. But how many of you know that that's, that's going to lead to a loveless marriage and ultimately they're going to, there's going to be an, an, a separation. There's going to be a living their own lives. You know, all of a sudden now he, he, the, the, the man wouldn't mind getting some overtime. So he comes home late. He doesn't really want to see her. She's at home saying, man, I hope he doesn't come home early today because she doesn't really want to see him. They're sort of nitpicking. They're sort of a nag around each other. They're, they're still married. They're still, you could tick all the boxes of how good they are as a husband and as a wife. But, They've lost the passion. They've lost the love. They've lost the, 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 the reason why they came together. And yet still doing everything they've got to do as a good husband and a good wife. How many of you know that ultimately that's going to lead towards a, a very unhappy marriage? And ultimately it might lead towards the husband looking elsewhere, the wife looking elsewhere, and all of a sudden now, you know, there's separation and then ultimately divorce. What, what went wrong? They lost their first love. Still doing everything they've got to do. Still ticking the box. Still being an exemplary husband, exemplary wife, but no love. And that, that you know, what they've they got to remember. Remember how it was at the beginning. Remember from where they have fallen. Remember what went wrong. Remember how it was at the beginning. That's the same way with us and God. With us and, and church, with us and Jesus, with us and His Word. You know, we, you know... <clears throat> Remember when, when you first came to Christ, you just couldn't wait to get to church. You couldn't wait to go to church. What for? Just to worship Him. You couldn't care less about all the other things. You couldn't care less about you know, music or no music, you know, building or no building. You just wanted to go and praise Jesus. You were in love with Him. You would drive. You know, if you had to drive an hour, you'd drive an hour. You, you, know, you wouldn't care how long the service would go for. You were, you, were, you, were, you were so hungry for His Word. You were reading His Word. You were praying. No one had to push you. No one had to drive you. No one had to entice you to, to seek God. You, just, you were so in love with Him. You were in your first love. First love, passionate about Jesus. You were talking to people about Jesus because that's what you do when you're in love. You talk to people about that person. You couldn't wait to be in his presence because you were in love. Now, many Christians, we fast forward 20 years later, and, 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 and now it's like, oh, I have to go to church. I have to read the Bible. Oh, there better be entertainment. You know, it, it, church better be fun today. You know, I don't, I, I don't want to drive an hour to church. I don't want to wake up early on a Sunday morning to go to church. Oh, church... The service is too long. Oh, I don't want to read the Bible for 10 minutes a day. I don't want to. Pray. It's like now we're still ticking the box. We're still ticking the box of Christianity. But it's like with no love. And Jesus doesn't want that. That's what he says to this church. You've left your first love. And maybe today that's what he's saying to us. Church, 
you've left your first love. Remember from where you have fallen. Remember where it all went wrong. Remember when it became about the things more than the giver. Remember when it, when it became more about the, the, the buildings more than, than what the building holds, his presence. The performance more than his presence. Remember from where you have fallen. And then he says a powerful word. And this is, this is the answer. This is the answer because God is a God of love. He's a merciful God. This, this chapter, is a, as I said at the beginning of this message, it's an evaluation chapter. It's a chapter where we evaluate. God's not condemning us here. God is not condemning the church of Ephesus. God is not judging it. God is just saying, evaluate. I want a people that love me. I want a people that are passionate for me. I want a people that are sold out for me. You know, regardless of what they have or what they don't have, they love me. Remember where you have fallen. And then he says, repent. That's the answer. Repent. That's what we've got to do. Repent. The word repent is not a bad word. It's a good word. It's a word that we don't hear much of today. It's a word that we should hear of a little bit more because it's not a bad word. Repent is actually a, it's a, it's a powerful word. It's a good word. It's actually a, a, a door that God opens for us to enter into the next level that He has for us. Repent. It literally means to change, to think differently, to turn around from the way that I'm heading. Repent. That's what he said to this church. I mean, this, this, this amazing church, this powerful church, he says to them, repent. Why? Because you've left your first love. Come back to your first love. Come back to the first things. Come back to the simplicity of the gospel. Come back to the simplicity of worship. Come back to the simplicity of going to the house of God because we want to praise and worship Jesus. Repent. What do you mean repent? I've got nothing to repent of. I'm patient. I'm, I know how to, how to discern between uh, false doctrine and, and, and doctrine that is correct. I, I know how to discern between false apostles and true apostles. Repent from what? Repent from falling away from lo the love for Jesus. Repent. I'm sorry, Lord. Repentance is saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me for what I've made Christianity. Forgive me for what I've made church. Forgive me for what I've made this faith life. Forgive me, Lord, for being in love with things more than in love with you. Forgive me, Lord, for getting so busy that I've lost my relationship with you. Forgive me, Lord, for, for trying to advance in the things of this world, but I'm going backwards in your things. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. That's repent. Lord, I, I bow my knees and I say, Lord, I repent. I change my thoughts. I change my way of thinking. I understand that the way that I'm heading is not right. Lord, I repent. And God in His love and in His mercy will never reject someone that repents and says, Lord, I'm sorry for the things that I've made it. It's all about You. It's all about You. Repent. He says to this church, repent and do the first works. Do the first works. So we remember. Remember, okay, 
think about, evaluate, remember, evaluate, think about where I am with God. Then I repent. I say, forgive me, Lord. Bring me back to passion for you. Bring me back to a a, a hunger and a thirst for you. Bring me back to that first love. Take me away from being indifferent to your presence. Take me away from just the activity, the busyness. Bring me back. I repent. Then do the first works. Do the first works. The simplicity. Go back to the simplicity of just reading his word. The simplicity of worshipping him. You know, the church in China, the church of Iran, the church in, in these countries where they are persecuted for having a Bible, where they are persecuted for going to a gathering where they worship Jesus. You know, in their simplicity, they don't have all the gadgets, they don't have all the 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 technology that we have, all the platforms and the the, the these things that are good but but they're not everything. They don't have that. But they're in love with Jesus. They're willing to lay down their life for Jesus. See, the Bible, Jesus said, you, you know, to, to, to in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, these people draw near to me with their mouth, but their heart is far away from me. They draw near to me with their mouth. They say they're Christians. This, they say they're a believer, they, but their heart is far away. Their heart is attached to, this, to the things of this world. Their hearts are attached to... to Things to earthly things. These Christians in, in these countries, I've seen documentaries where they talk about the, for example, the church in China where they when they gather they, they're handing out verses of the Bible that they've got written on a little piece of paper. And they when they gather they they give the piece of paper to someone else from the congregation, said, It's your turn to take this verse home this week. Because they're having turn, they don't have a Bible, but they've got verses and they take turns to take it home so they can read it. And they grab that little piece of paper and they hug it and they almost kiss it and they all and, and they just it's so precious to them. A, a simple verse on a piece of paper. That's they're in love with Jesus. May we today evaluate our love for Jesus. Are we in the first love? Or have we left the first love? Well, there's always an opportunity to come back. That's what it's all about. That's Jesus. Jesus loves us so much that He would, he would uh, challenge us with love. Not with wanting us to fail. Not with us wanting, not for us to feel guilty. No. That's not how God does things. He loves us so much that He says, I, I, I don't want robots that just do things for me. I want a relationship. Let's meditate on that today. Let's repent. Let's come back to our first love. Talk to Him. Tell Him. And He'll receive you. He'll set you on fire. As we sing this chorus, let's meditate on this. And just say, you there right there with you. I said, Lord, I repent if I've left the first love. Bring me back. Bring me back. And He will. Let's sing to the Lord, and I'll be back to pray. Amen.